ourselves of uh, Randy Travis singing, I'm digging up bones, I'm digging up bones, exhuming memories that are better left alone. And we kind of had some fun with that song to think about. Why in the world would we have this book we call Ezekiel in our Bible? And it's exploring a very dark and disturbing uh, time in the people of God's history uh, when God seems to be and, and says so that he's mad at them and let his enemies, uh, let their enemies come in on them and, and basically uh, have taken Ezekiel and other leaders and other folks away from Jerusalem and sent them off to exile in Babylon. And so wouldn't it have been just better to just leave that memory in the past and not even include it in our Holy Scripture? Uh, but we are discovering a little bit last week, a little bit more this week, and as the weeks go, that we are certainly thankful uh, that it's here because it not only speaks uh, to the people of God then, but it speaks to us here today, and we're so uh, thankful for that. And we are going uh, to dig up some bones here uh, tonight as well. Oftentimes we uh, think about uh, in our own lives, you know, what, what are some stories we should share or we shouldn't share. And, and, uh, and so I want to tell you about the time that Pastor Melissa and I went to Austria. And I'm not... It, this is not a terrible thing that I, that I shouldn't share. It was an embarrassing moment. Uh, but we had this wonderful trip to Austria. And I didn't travel at all until I met Pastor Melissa. Uh, a big trip for me was from Summit Point to Cape Haven, uh, which is outside of Berkeley Springs, West Virginia. So I had never been on an airplane or anything. And uh, basically, she told me if I was going to be with her, I had to, to go places. And so, and do things. And a few other things in that conversation, too, but we'll leave that. We won't dig up those things. But on this wonderful trip, we rented a car. So here is little old me, have, haven't been anywhere, uh, and we're here in Europe, um, and we rent a car. And it's a uh, Renault and diesel and stick shift. And sporting one at that, and it was awesome. And then we were following um, a friend. We were staying at a friend's place, and uh, this is before GPS and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we, he had a Mercedes, a huge Mercedes, uh, with a much bigger engine. And we were following him on the autobahn. And uh, and so that was the fun part of the trip because we were just going as fast as we could to keep up with this with this guy. And in one of the particular days, we ended up in the city, um, and we ended up in uh, Vienna, and we were driving in the city trying to figure out where we were going, and we came upon this sign. Now, to me, this sign says open, like the open circle, right? This is a road sign, by the way. It's a road sign. And it looks, it looks very welcoming, Right? And so I followed that sign with our car right on to a sidewalk (laughs) with people on it. Because I would have expected a, you know, a cross, you know, cross lines, you know, saying 
But that would be do not enter, right? I mean, this looks like, come on. Join us here, all the people walking on the sidewalk. <laughs> so I looked it up just to make sure I was right today. This is, I got it on the Austrian website, and it, this is the symbol for closed to all vehicles in both directions. <laughs> but it was just that open circle. And so I missed that sign. And we ended up on the sidewalk. <laughs> no trouble. I don't think we got in any trouble, but we'll. So Ezekiel, our buddy, when we last left him, uh, was in Babylon, so he was no longer in Judah, no longer in Jerusalem. He had been taken away in the first wave uh, by the, the Babylonians, and so he's in modern-day Iraq, is one that you're thinking about a map, and it's about 600 years before Christ, if you wanted the time period, and he's there along the river, and he gets this vision of the Lord's chariot. And so then, right after the passage we had last week, if you go into chapter 2, he's getting a commission uh, from God. So not only is he a priest by birth, you know, his birth lineage, but now he's also being commissioned as a prophet. And so he's getting his job, and his job is going to be to speak to the people of God and warn them and accuse them, accuse them of their wrongs, and then warn them that, hey, things are bad now, but they're only going to get worse, and actually everything is going to be destroyed back home. And so he's like, yay, I get to go tell people some more bad news. Um, Ezekiel is now um, going to begin to do that in the uh, chapters preceding his commission. And so I'm going to go back, and I encourage you to kind of look and read some of this on your own, but I'm going to go back to, to chapter 4 and go through a, a couple of, of his signs uh, of judgment that he's going to give to the people. And he's a little bit dramatic. You know any dramatic people in your life? I know quite a few. Uh, but, and, and so what he's going to do is really kind of unique. Uh, there are some strange characters in the Bible. There are some strange prophets, some of them that don't even wear clothes sometimes when they're being prophetic. Uh, and so we're used to hearing some strange things, but this is going to get really odd and really kind of fun. Uh, but over the first couple of chapters of these signs and judgments, chapter 4 and 5, he's going to give three main uh, signs that he gives God through this vision. The first one is he's going to make a model. So it's kind of cool. And so he's going to get like a clay model, and God tells him to do this. So make a clay model of Jerusalem, and you know, make it pretty and build the walls and all that kind of stuff. And then as people are gathering, destroy it. And so he's like a, a five-year-old boy. Uh, he can play with it to destroy it. And so that's not too crazy, uh, but it is acting out in front of everybody. And so it's kind of a, a warm-up. But then the next one is really odd. He's going to act in a disagreement. And these are from the Bible Project. By the way, I did not make these. Uh, the Bible Project is a really cool online tool. For studying scripture. Uh, but anyway, the the one where he's tied up there, he's going to act as if he is the scapegoat. And so that's the, you know, like he's sacrificing himself. And that's from the you know, the old, old stories in the Old Testament, uh, where once a year, you know, the goat goes out into the wilderness and dies from the sins of, of the people. And so he's, he's basically acting as if he's doing that. And he's going to be out there for a long, 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 long time. 
uh, lying there on his left side first. And then he's going to set the whole guilt of the house of Israel on him. For the length of time you lie on your side, you will bear their punishment. And then, uh, then you're going to flip over and be on your right side to bear the guilt for the house of, of Judah. And so that's the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And then uh, point 40 days to you, one day for each year, with your arms stretched out. So this is an extended time. Face the siege of Jerusalem directly and prophesy against it. Then you're going to gather some wheat and barley, beans, and lentils. So you get some food together. And mill it and spelt. That sounds like a delicious dinner, right? It's only going to get better. Put them in a bowl and make your bread through. That sounds like when mom decided to cook dinner, doesn't it? I mean, it's all those healthy ingredients. Barley and lentils and beans. They, they prefer my sports bar. But anyway, eat it during the 390 days that you lie on your side. Um, and, and oh, by the way, you're going to cook this by using human waste. So the fuel for the fire that you're making this cake in the pot is going to be by human waste. Now, he does push back on that a little bit. He's like, come on, that's, that's nuts, that's crazy. And then God answered him. So actually, so we, so, yeah, this is beside the point of the message for tonight, but it's kind of an invitation for us to to be, in, to be in real communication with God, because um, God actually uh, listens to his lament here and answers him. He says, okay, Ezekiel, um, I'll let you use cow dung instead. And so he gets to cook with cow dung instead of human waste. And so they kind of meet halfway. And so then the third one was... Um, I want you to, to take a blade and uh, chop off all your hair and then lay it out on the ground and you're going to divide it uh, with a sword. You're going to slice your hair up um, into threes and you're going to um, uh, have some fun uh, with that. And so uh, just really three bizarre ways to start the signs of, of uh, and judgment uh, against Israel. And that's how Ezekiel uh, gets started about, with, with this. Well, about um, a year um, goes on. About a year later, um, he starts to have um, another uh, vision. And this time, he is kind of transported back to Israel, like in this vision, but so not really but he's transported back in time and place to Israel, to the temple. And then so God's kind of being his tour guide here in the vision, and he points out, look, these are look what the leaders of the temple. So these are the, the priests and the other leaders that are there, and, and they built a big idol. It kind of like cows in up. They're worshiping an idol right there in front of the gate of the temple. And then he says, look at the women over here. The women... Over here in Washington, one of Baal's gods, uh, Tammuz, and Moose, whatever. Uh, so, uh, and then they're doing crazy, terrible uh, things within the temple as well. Um, and so uh, that that's an issue. And then he sees after that is uh, through this he sees that 
Lord's chariot again. And it's described there again for him. Uh, we get closer to the passage that was read for us today. Um, and so in chapters 9 and 10, we hear of the Lord's chariot again. And he actually sees it leaving uh, the temple. And so because of that idolatry, basically, uh, God is leaving uh, the temple is where that goes. And so in a very, um, he's very distraught and saddened by this, but he sees in this vision the Lord's chariot leave. And, and so that's how we find uh, that um, we, we find that he actually um, how God ends up um, in Babylon with them. And so, and then on top of all this, what we discover is, even tells Ezekiel, hey, and by the way, um, you're going to do all this work, and no one's going to listen to you. Um, and so after all this, um, Ezekiel has the job that he has to do, and the prediction from God that, hey, you're going to do all this work on my behalf, and nobody's going to listen and so destruction is coming. And so that is the really, really bad news. And so these people of God in Israel, they're not going, they don't get the signpost. They don't get it. They don't get, even before Ezekiel starts to lay down in the street, even before Ezekiel starts to chop off all his hair, even before Ezekiel starts to cook with cow dung, um, you know, God's destroying, God's distributing people all around the region, God's letting their enemies come in and disrupt their way of life, and they're not getting it. They don't get it. And then even as they're exiled, and, and you know, they, they feel like they're alone, but, but they don't get it. They don't see the signs that God is, is angry with them because they have denied him, because they have a lot of wrong people, because they're worshiping idols, uh, they don't get it. And so um, Ezekiel here is commissioned. Now, the one fun part about, and Cynthia was trying to get to the end of the story before I wanted to get to the end of the story. Um, when we were on this sidewalk in Austria, in Vienna, we saw a cop, and he was on the sidewalk as well, walking. Oops. Yeah, oops. And I don't know what he was thinking. And the way I remember it, maybe Pastor Melissa remembers it differently, but I think he was actually smiling. And he pointed us off the sidewalk, as if we didn't know we needed to get off the sidewalk. But pointed us the way that we could get off the sidewalk, and maybe, I don't remember for sure, but maybe he even stopped traffic so we could get off of his sidewalk and not kill anybody at, at the moment. Uh, but he... What's that? Yes, the tram that was coming towards us. Get away from that as well. But he performed uh, a very important role in interpreting the sign that I had missed. And so if we think about Ezekiel's role in this, and, and what he's doing, uh, all these uh, crazy uh, type of um, signs, um, 
his ultimate role is going to be as a prophet to interpret them. And so he's going to be like the traffic cop there, directing us, pointing us, and saying, hey, if you didn't, you, know, you, didn't, you didn't get our sign, because you're probably a crazy American, uh, but let me point you in the right direction. Ezekiel is going to do this all along the way here in this book. And in fact, God's going to tell him what to say. So God doesn't just say, um, you know, lay there in the street um, and just make a clay model. He tells him, no, tell the people what this sign is going to be. This is a sign for the house of Israel that's going to fall. And so when he talks about cooking with the cow dung, he says, um, tell them I'm destroying the food supply in Jerusalem, and they will anxiously ration and eat their food. And so he explains the sign. He performs the sign, and then he explains it with prophetic words from God. Uh, when he does his hair, he talks about, you know, tell them uh, what is going to happen. You have become more turbulent, and give them the, you have been more turbulent than these nations around you, and talk about all the division uh, that is coming behind us. Uh, and then when it gets to the temple vision, you know, it's not just a vision that he sees and something that he has to hold himself, but the Lord speaks to him and tells him what it is and how to interpret it to the people. And so why are we digging up these bones of Ezekiel, all these terrible images and all this stuff about sin and idolatry and all these things that doesn't, they don't make us feel very good about ourselves because we know Ezekiel is talking to the people of God, but we also know that some of these things that they're being accused of, like having idols or listening to other people other than God, we know those kinds of things hit kind of close to home for ourselves. And so we'd rather not dig up those bones or exhume those memories. We leave them, they're better left alone, right? And so, um, but these words then, from God, these prophetic words speak to us. And so that's why it's important not just to have the signs, uh, but also to have um, the words that describe them. So we need to go back, and we need to read them. And so it is uh, that this chapter 11 that was read for us uh, tonight, this beginning of chapter 11, we find out how it is um, that God has left the temple. And so in a really uh, strange way, we get there from chapter 4 to chapter 11 that we have written for us. And so, again, uh, we know why, because we get to hear uh, some of this story about how it happened. We know it hits close to home. There's also going to be a hint of good news here. You can't just leave it all dark and disturbing and all this stuff about destruction and death. That wouldn't be any way to spend our Thursday night together. So what's the good news? The good news we discover here is that God's not finished talking. Here in chapter 11. Um, he's going to go on uh, further as this chapter ends, and we're going to discover that God hasn't abandoned his people at all. So, God, yeah, God left the temple, uh, but God has actually gone into exile with his people. All right? And so they might be feeling like God has abandoned them. And God's going to say right here through the prophet Ezekiel, that's not the case. God's actually going on this trip with you, even into exile. And then further, and maybe even more importantly, 
end of chapter 11, um, we, we hear um, that God is going to give a glimmer of hope here by saying he is going to save a remnant. A remnant will return uh, with new and transformed hearts. And so chapter 11 becomes a hinge that's going to point us in a new direction. And we're going to have some details of the destruction of the temple and of Jerusalem. We're actually going to talk about that next week. Um, but we're getting a clue here before we get into the down and dirty of the destruction of the temple and the walls. Um, we're getting a clue that out onto the other side, we're going to have some transformation. And so we never want to read this stuff without any hope. We get some big time hope here that not only is God not abandoning the people, uh, but there's going to be some possibility for some transformation. And if the people's hearts will go from hard um, to soft, you know, a transplant from having a hard heart to a new heart, then there's going to be some good news. Um, and so Ezekiel points them towards that as well. And so it ends uh, in a very, very positive and hopeful way with Ezekiel saying, and pointing towards the hope that comes from having a transformed heart. As we gather next week, we're going to uh, explore um, some judgment or uh, prophecy of destruction uh, for Jerusalem and for the nations that surround them. Uh, and so we'll spend some time with that before uh, we ultimately get uh, to some resurrection and transformation the last two weeks. Amen? Let us pray. Gracious God, we are thankful for this time together. We're thankful for the powerful, even if strange words from Ezekiel. We're thankful for that you work in not just signs, uh, but also powerful words that help interpret. Lord, help us become more familiar with your word from beginning to end in order that we can discern where it is you're pointing us in life. Lord, where our hearts need to be transformed, let us become aware of that right here tonight in order that we can walk in your will tomorrow. We give you these words in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. We're going to close our service.